everyone. You're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. Is everybody ready to talk about hypocrisy? Yeah. I think so. Let's say it together. It'll help us. It'll free us up. I'm going to say I'm a big hypocrite on the count of three. You say it with me. One, two, three. I'm a big hypocrite. Doesn't that feel great? Doesn't it feel liberating? For some of us, it's the first time we've ever admitted the obvious. God is not shocked by our admission of hypocrisy. Let's say it once again. One, two, three. I'm a big hypocrite. It's amazing. And you're looking at a hypocrite up here. The other day, I was inviting someone to Fellowship Church, and they said, you know, I really don't want to go to Fellowship Church because Fellowship is full of hypocrites. I said, no, we're not full of hypocrites. There's always room for one more. Why don't you (laughs) attend Fellowship? Sometimes I meet people who say, you know, I'm looking for the perfect church. I said, no, no, no. If you find the perfect church, you'll screw it up because you're a hypocrite. Did you hear about this horse that can count? There's a horse that can count. I read about it several weeks ago. This horse, if you say, what's one plus one, the horse will go with his hoof, two. Two times two, he'll, mm, 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 mm. And then some preacher said, oh, Mr. Horse, how many hypocrites are there at church? And he just started dancing and stomping his feet. Let's take a test. This is the test of hypocrisy because some of you aren't buying it. Some of you are like, Ed, I'm not a hypocrite. Oh, really? Let's take this hypocrite test. If you have a pen or a pencil, use it, an eyeliner, whatever you need. Let's take the hypocrite test because this test is very convicting. It's scientific. It took us years and years to come up with this test. Let's go for it. Number one. How good of a person do you consider yourself to be? A, not perfect, but trying. B, I am an awful person. C, I'm pretty perfect. The correct answer is A. All right, if you missed it, that's okay. Put a big honking X if you missed it. Don't lie, because we have security cameras. One day I'm going to do... Look at this camera right here. One day I'm going to do a blooper reel. You would not believe what we've picked up over the years with our security cameras. Wow. All right, number two. Number two, number two, number two. If you had the chance to cheat on something and knew you'd get away with it, what would you do? A, absolutely. It's not like I'm hurting anybody. B, maybe it depends on how much I'd have to stretch the truth. C, Absolutely not. It's wrong to lie, cheat, or steal in any circumstance. The right answer? C. Whoa. Number three. Number three. If someone cuts you off in traffic, what's your first response? (laughs) A, I calm myself and remember we've all done stupid things while driving. B, I catch up to them and let them know how I really feel. C, I can't tell you how I would react. It's far too embarrassing. 
The right answer is A. Let's go to number four. Number four, we're cruising now. If a person hurts someone you love, how do you respond? A, I get even as soon as possible. B, I avoid and stay out of it. C, I report to the proper authorities and trust God with the outcome. What's the correct answer? C. Number five, it's okay to judge someone when, A, when you're dealing with a complete idiot. B, they do the opposite of what I do. C, I may not agree with their behavior, but who am I to judge? Which one? You got it. Number six, if you see someone on the side of the road who needs help, what do you do? A, drive past without considering it. Who knows what can happen if you stop? B, pull over and see how I can help. Who knows what can happen if you stop? C, Keep driving and hope or pray someone will help them. The correct answer is B. Yeah. I didn't come up with the test. Don't get mad at me. Some are going like, what? Yeah, I I don't know. We'll have to bring the test-making team out here. We can uh, scream at them. Hmm. Number seven. If someone is talking trash about someone else, what's your response? (laughs) If I don't like the person, I'll... Let them keep talking. B, tell me more. C, I shut the conversation down because gossip is wrong. What's the right answer? C, yeah, C. Eight, number eight. If someone betrays you, what's your reaction the next time you see them? A, I smile politely with bitterness in my heart. B, I smile politely with forgiveness in my heart. C, it's going to get U-G-L-Y, you ain't got no alibi, ugly. Which one? B, all right, grade your test. It's very simple. How many did you get wrong? How many did you get wrong? Here we go. If you got one to two wrong, you're a hairline hypocrite. If you got three to five wrong, you're a heavyweight hypocrite. It's okay. And six to eight, you're a Hall of Famer. Like Troy Aikman and Michael Irvin, Emmett Smith, Hall of Famer. My first brush with hypocrisy came when I was in the second grade. It was back in the 60s when hippies were popular, and I wanted to be a hippie. I lived in a tiny town, Taylor, South Carolina. There weren't very many hippies in Taylor's, but the Beatles were popular back then, the Rolling Stones, and Hendrix, and I was like, I like the way these guys look. I like the way they dress. So I wanted a hippie necklace. Mom, I want a hippie necklace. Please give me a hippie necklace. There was not one hippie necklace in Taylor, South Carolina. A friend of our family's, Vicky, I called her Aunt Vicky, was going to London, England. And now in London, man, that's like, oh, the epicenter for hippiness. And I knew it. I said, Vicky, please. I just put the cards on the table. Vicky, please bring me back a hippie necklace. Please. I was in the second grade. She goes, okay, yeah, I will. So when she returned from London, she told me all about the trip, and she pulled out of a box the coolest hippie necklace you'd ever seen in your life. And I put it on. I'm like, whoa, I'm a hippie. I got this hippie necklace. 
My mother kind of made one of my shirts kind of look hippie-ish, you know, and I was walking around like, whoa, I'm a hippie. I'm a hippie. I'm really a hippie. Went to school. Mrs. Blaze was the teacher. One of the best teachers I ever had, Mrs. Blaze. So I'm walking to school, and all of the kids come up, and you're a hippie. That necklace is awesome. It's great. And I just loved the response of the crowd because they saw the hippie necklace. They said, where did you get it? I said, London. You mean you went to London? You've traveled to London? I looked at the gallery and I said, sure. I've been to London. That's where I got this hippie necklace. Down deep I knew I was lying. I didn't know what the word hypocrisy was in the second grade, but I'm thinking... I'm really out there now. I've committed, and then I thought to myself, I just got to play the part. So the kids go, Mrs. Blaze, did you know the ad went to, went to London? Look at that hippie necklace. Mrs. Blaze said, well, Ed, that's great. Would you mind standing and sharing with the class about your trip to London? I said, no problem. So I stood before the masses of people, about 31 people. I began to talk about London. Rolling Stones, Beatles, I didn't know what I was saying really. And I just said, hippie necklace, and I got this hippie necklace in London, on the streets of London, and I'm a hippie now. And everybody was like, ooh, ah, thank you, Ed, thank you, thank you. When I went home, I had a case of the guilties. I finally confessed my hypocrisy to my mother. Well, really, I was called to the carpet because Mrs. Blaze told my mother I didn't realize they had gone to London. And my mother was like, what? So then, you know, they got me. I had to confess to Mrs. Blaze and the entire second grade class that I was a liar, and now I look back a hypocrite. But I've got a question for you. Is anybody wearing a hippie necklace in the house? Is anybody wearing a hippie necklace in the locker room, the boardroom, the classroom, the operating room, the courtroom? Any hippie necklaces walking down the corridors of a school here? You say one thing, but you do another. You're living a lie. Are you a hypocrite? I heard about a pastor that went over to a family's home. This pastor was conversing with this young couple, and a little kid, one of their boys, came inside holding a dead rat by the tail. Mom, Dad, look! I got this rat. I stomped him. I hammered him. He had no idea the pastor was there. I began to cut his head off. And then he looked at the pastor and then he said, and then Jesus called him home. (laughs) Anybody wearing a hippie necklace? Any hypocrites in the house? Jesus had a lot to say about hypocrisy. You talk to to any Bible scholar, anybody who's read through Scripture and studied it, yeah, people— Talk about hypocrisy. Men and women in the Bible discuss it. 
Jesus, though, opens up a Costco-sized can on hypocrisy. I'm talking about he opens it up, and he just blasts people who are professional hypocrites. Specifically in Matthew chapter 23, he is going to jump up in the grill of, 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 some, of some guys, there were 6,000 of them, called Pharisees. Now, before you hate on the Pharisees, not all Pharisees were horrible. Some of them, though, were card-carrying hypocrites. And basically, these religious people were so religious that they forgot about their relationship. I mean, they had whack stuff in their lives. Before, you could eat. If you were a Pharisee, you had to point your fingers toward heaven, and water was to be poured down your hands. Then you point your fingers down, and water is again to be poured down your hands. Then you take your fist, and you have to move your fist a certain way in each hand to wash your hands ceremonially. And we're going to find out in this series that the Pharisees were like pointing to the disciples saying, hey, you guys don't have any hygiene. You guys aren't even washing your hands. They were washing their hands, but they were not OCD like the Pharisees. And the Pharisees began to worship the ritual and the religiosity took the place of the relationship. They were so crazy that they measured the fringe on the ends of their garments. They were, they were so hypocritical, they wore these phylacteries, these leather boxes on their foreheads and on their biceps with little prayers inside them. I'm a Pharisee, man. I'm the man. Jesus said, you're hypocrites. You're acting one way with a certain group and another way with another group. Your walk doesn't match your talk. You hypocrites, in Matthew 23, he said it seven times. The Bible calls it seven woes. If you're a hypocrite, you basically live by a definition that you've not learned. If you're a hypocrite, if I'm a hypocrite, when you're a hypocrite, when I'm a hypocrite, you live by a definition you've not learned. Hypocrites don't realize their hypocrisy. We love reality television. It's the language of the day. We love things that are organic, authentic, grass-fed, 100% pure. Wow, I want it real. Why do we like stuff real? We like it real because we hate hypocrisy. I don't want to eat that hypocritical food. The, the advertisers, they say one thing, but they have all these additives and all this funky stuff in there. It's bad for you. I want the real stuff. I don't want to watch sitcoms with people who are faking it, actors and actresses. That's not really who they are. I want to watch reality television. That's what I want. We want it real. Could it be, could it be the reason we want stuff real is because we hate hypocrisy? Have you ever thought about the media? For example, the media, generally speaking, they love to hunt down hypocrisy. Hypocrisy in the sports world. Hypocrisy in the political world. Hypocrisy in the religious world. 
hypocrisy in the scientific world. But let's be honest, we're hypocrites calling hypocrites hypocrites. Let me say that again. It's the corrupt calling the corrupt corrupt. But see, if you're like me, I'm still in Matthew 23. I like to point out the hypocrisy in you. And usually the hypocrisy I point out in you is the junk I struggle with in my own life. And usually, too, I can always find somebody who's more hypocritical than me. Oh, man, you're much more hypocritical than me. I would never do that. And could it be that's why we love to see all the Hollywood elite, the actors and actresses, that's why we love to see them mess up? Oh, I, girl, I would never do that. Oh, man, are you kidding me? What's that guy thinking? We feel good about ourselves when we point out hypocrisy in others. But see, when we point out hypocrisy in others, as it always say, I got three fingers pointing back at me, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So I've got enough junk in my own life to worry about as opposed to pointing out hypocrisy in your life. How many times have I preached on marriage from the stage? Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. And I've gone home that afternoon and been mean-spirited or selfish toward Lisa. Hypocrisy. How many times have I said, okay, you got to face those fears in your life. Don't allow those fears to dominate you and beat you up. you got to face them because when you face them, the fear will falter and you'll go to the next level. How many times after preaching that during the week have I allowed fear to dominate me? I understand the words of the Apostle Paul. Paul says, I do the things I don't want to do. I don't do the things I want to do. Let's face it, technically, we're all hypocrites. Anybody wearing a hippie necklace in the house? Anybody wearing a hippie necklace in the house? Now, that's a white person's clap. If I was preaching to some of the black churches where I preached, they would be running around. They would have been completing my sentences for a while. That's okay. That's the white man. Don't worry about it. The black people here are with me. You're like, yeah, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I got it. I got it. Yeah. That's all right. It's all right. We, thank you. See? See, I told you. And you know what I do as, as a preacher? I'm serious. I'm serious. Whenever I want to be encouraged, if I'm preaching, wherever I am, wherever I'm preaching, and if it gets boring, if I bore myself or the crowd doesn't seem to be into it, I just, I just, I just find some African-American friends and I just go up to them, start preaching to them, and it always energizes me. So it's okay to let yourself go, white people. It's all right. It's okay. What's so funny is white people, white people go crazy at athletic events. White people go crazy at a concert, but you put them in church, man. Is it okay to laugh here? I guess so. Anyway, (laughs) Jesus said in Matthew 23, a hypocrite is someone who's wearing a mask. I'm wearing a mask. That's what it means to be a hypocrite. Comes from the Greek stage, to wear a mask. I'm one person one way, but behind this mask comes somebody else. And some of us are such, are such great actors and actresses, we put Denzel Washington and Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep to shame. We're that good. And for some of us here, we've been a hypocrite for so long, we don't know who we are anymore. And some people here, 
You go to church, you're like, oh man, I'm just wiped out when I go to church. I'm just so tired. 60 minutes seems like 60 hours. You know why? Because you're wearing the mask at church. You got to work it, faking it all the time. No wonder you're tired. There we go. I'm starting to feel better already. Jesus said in Matthew 23, verses 25 and 27, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You won't find that that verse on a coffee mug or in a Christian bookstore, will you? (laughs) You clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside they're full of greed and self-indulgence. That's what Jesus said. And then Jesus compares these cats to a coffin. So he said, all right, you're a hypocrite. It means to wear a mask, right? He says, you're like a cup. You clean the cup on the outside, but on the inside, it's dirty. That is gross. I mean, that's really bad. Because whatever you pour in the cup becomes defiled because it's dirty. That's a hypocrite. Then he says, well, you're like a coffin. You're dead on the inside, but on the outside, you're a whitewashed tomb. You're looking clean and pristine. You're, you're, you're a hypocrite. You see, there's a difference Technically, we're all hypocrites, right? We all are. But some practice it and live it and are all up in it, and you don't even know that you're living a lie. That's what Jesus was was, was driving at. I'm sure back in the day, these people started out with good intentions, the Pharisees, But then they became so into don't drink, don't dance, don't cuss, don't chew, don't run around with girls who do. So they started getting so much into that that they missed the relationship. Pointing out all of this minutia, hundreds and hundreds of laws they piled on people, heavy burdens on people. And here they were living just the opposite life. Any hippie necklaces in the house? I was, just, I was just checking, I was just checking. So if I'm a hypocrite, I'm living by a definition that I've not really learned. Now I know it, it's two-faced. I'm acting one way and I'm doing another. On stage I'm this way, off stage I'm a totally different person. But not only do I live by a definition that I've not learned, I also take a position that I've not earned. That's what the Pharisees did. They live by a definition, number one. They have not learned, but we learn it. We we, we know what we are and we know what the sin is. But number two, they take a position, they took a position that they had not earned. If you read about the Pharisees, for example, verses one, two, and three, Matthew 23, then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Now, I've read that about a jillion times and just skipped over it. I'm like, okay, good. They sat in Moses' seat. All right, what's next? But that's huge. Let me keep going. Verse three. So you must be careful to do everything they tell you. Okay, that's good. Eat the fish, spit out the bones. (laughs) 
So you must be careful to do everything they tell you, but do not do what they do. Hello. For they do not practice, ouch, what they preach. Okay, so, so here's what they're doing. The Pharisees, and they don't have any scriptural authority to do this, no biblical authority to do this. They just take Moses' seat. All right, I'm going to take Moses' seat, man. I'm the man, and I'm going to sit here, and I'll judge you and judge you and judge you. And Jesus is saying, wait a minute. That's a position you've not earned. When I judge you, I'm taking a position that I've not earned. I'm so busy pointing out the problems in your life that I forget to think about the hypocrisy in my own. I tear you down to make me look better, to make me feel better, and I compare myself to people who are more spectacular sinners than me. And I always feel better when I do that. I don't go to church, man. The church is full of hypocrites. No, because there's always room for one more. Always, always, always. Don't ever forget it. The church is full of hypocrites. That's why Jesus said, wait a minute, you're going to look at someone's contact lens and point out a speck in their eye when you got an East Texas pine tree, a sequoia tree in your own eye. That's Hebrew humor. It's hilarious. People don't realize how funny Jesus was when he was on earth teaching. It's hilarious. Another funny thing he did. This is, this is hilarious. And I'll get into this in this series. He said, some of you Pharisees, he said, you love to advertise the good stuff you do. For example, Jesus said, when you give to the poor. That's why a certain part of our budget at Fellowship Church goes to the poor. As you know, we've helped and served millions of meals in Haiti and Guatemala, and we help local missions here, and we have a lot of stuff going on to help the poor. When you help the poor, all right? Here's what Jesus said the Pharisees do. When they give to the poor, Jesus said, they would blow the trumpet in church. Boom. I'm in the house. I'm a Pharisee. Watch me tithe. The Pharisees, you're talking about tithing, and they were great tithers. They tithed out of their spice racks. They would count the little grains and a little, little whatever in your spice rack and tithe that. I'm fasting. And they would even wear makeup to show how difficult it was because they were fasting. Now, back in the day, Jews would fast a couple times a year. They would fast like all the time. And they would show people. Jesus said they were like blowing trumpets. And when they prayed, Oh, they wouldn't go in their prayer closet. No, they'd be like, I'm going to pray. Woo! Have you ever heard someone pray? And, and you're like, dude, that was incredible. I'm going to give you a round of applause. I, I've heard some people pray before. I'm like, that's awesome. I could never pray like that. <laughs> now, we got to realize 
When we're praying, we're talking to God. Jesus is not against public prayer. But the Pharisees were like, watch me pray. I'm a big hypocrite. I'm a big hypocrite. I'm a big hypocrite. Are there any hippie necklaces in the house? That's just what I'm saying. So, you take a position that's not earned. Be very careful. Be very careful when you point out hypocrisy in other people. Because remember, three fingers are pointing back at you. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Be very, 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 very careful. So, we're tracking now. We're just doing a quick flyby. I live by a definition I've not learned, all right? But now I understand what it means to be a hypocrite. Number two, I take a position that I've not earned. Who am I to take that position? I mean, that's, that's God's deal. Let God be God. God will take care of the hypocrites. Now, the third one is, if you're a hypocrite, and if I'm a hypocrite, we have a condition that we've not turned. We have a condition that we've not turned. In this series, we're going to get into this story that Jesus told about, about planting. He said, this, this guy went out and planted wheat, and the wheat came up, and then the weeds came up with the wheat. And the guy's servants were like, hey, boss, what happened? We didn't plant weeds. And the boss goes, well, that, that's my enemy. The enemy planted weeds. And the parable Jesus was driving at, the, the theme was, you got wheat, authenticity, real believers growing side by side with those who are fake and phony, who are card-carrying hypocrites, who don't even want to change, who don't even think about changing. They like this double life. That's who they are. And, and the disciples were like, Jesus, should we, should we pull up the weeds? No, he said, no, 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 no. Think about the parable. You pull up the weeds, you might mess up the wheat. But here's something interesting about the wheat. As the head of the wheat matures and grows, it begins to bow right before the harvest. Now, again, if I'm at a black church, they would be standing up right now clapping. They would have completed that sentence for me. That's okay, I understand. Let me say that again. Are you feeling me? You got, you got the wheat, and you got the weeds. The weeds, they, they ain't going to bow. They're just growing up. They're weeds. But the wheat, the real deal, begins to bow before the sun, and, and all of a sudden... When it comes harvest time, there you go, you can tell, you know what's real and what's fake. You know what is holy and what's hypocritical. You know what is righteous and what's wrong. Do we have a hippie necklace in the house? All right, please be seated. Wow, I love that. Thank you. Three things in this condition, and I'll tell this very, very quickly. If I am a hypocrite, I'm all about exaggeration. Think about the trumpets, 
You know, think about the crazy hand washing. Think about the tithing of the spices. Don't, don't tithe your spices here at Fellowship Church. Keep your spices to yourself, okay? I love spicy food. I love it. But, but we, don't, we don't need any, any spice in the offering bags. It's also exhausting to be a hypocrite. I mean, if you, again, let me, let me talk about it. It's so exhausting. I got I to gotta, I gotta wear this. And so many people, you know, they're going to come to church and they'll do this. And then they're in the locker room and they're talking about this. Or they go to church or they're in maybe a, a small group and they're like this. And then for business reasons, they have to go to that gentleman's club and they're like this. So, so it's, just, it's, it, it's amazing. We talk one way before some people and another way before other people. And, and then the Pharisees had this it's about me, it's about me disease. It's about me, it's about me. I'm a big hypocrite, it's about me. I love social media, but you know, the duck face, selfie, yeah. Ooh, it's exhausting being a hypocrite. It's also extinguishing. You can extinguish, this is huge here, Jesus says this, you can extinguish someone's search for truth. When I have the opportunity to speak in churches to leaders, I always tell them, man, it is great to have people coming to your church. It's all about that. If you're around people, the church should be growing. But I say, don't tell me who's coming to your church, tell me who's leaving your church. Because if your vision is white hot, you're gonna have to run off in a very biblical and loving way, you're gonna have to run off card-carrying hypocrites who were keeping those who were seeking from Jesus. Because over the years at Fellowship Church, and we've had meteoric growth and all of that, we have all these campuses and blah, 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 but we have had some strategic people to leave the church, and when they left the church, a lot of new people showed up and got rescued and saved. And I believe one of the reasons they got rescued and saved was because those people were gone. They freed up space and grace, and they were not a poor witness for Fellowship Church. It's something that is just real. And you go, man, that's, that's pretty harsh. Wow, well, okay. Here's what Jesus said. You hypocrites, verse 13. You shut the door. Shut the door, keep out the devil. Shut the door, keep the devil outside. Anyway, you, I learned that back at Southern Baptist Church in Vacation Bible School. Does anyone know that song? Shut the door, keep out the devil. Anyway, you hypocrite. You shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces but you yourself do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to. Obviously, we're not perfect. Obviously, I'm not always consistent. Obviously, I mess up, I fail, I'm hypocritical. Don't compare yourself to a person, compare yourself to God. Well, this hypocrite, don't worry about that. God's gonna take care of that. The wheat will bow, the weeds will not, and those weeds, Jesus said, that don't bow, that don't turn into wheat, 
this is, this is not going to be on a coffee mug either. Jesus said, the master will take these weeds, wrap them up, and throw them into the fire. I, I'm just telling you what Jesus said. Man, this is direct. This is like, I'm, just, I'm just telling you what Jesus said. Okay, so what do we do? Technically, we're all hypocrites, yes. We know we are. We understand it. And we have this condition that we need to turn from regularly. Whenever we see inconsistency in our beliefs and behavior, we need to say, God, by your grace and power, I want to agree with you and close the gap. We're never going to be perfect. We know that. We're all sinners. But as we grow in our relationship with Jesus, hopefully we sin less and we're a better advertisement for the gospel. Number two, remember, you're only, and I'll say it again, you're only hypocritical before men. We're not hypocritical before God because God sees it all. When you tell God you're hypocrite, he's not like, I didn't know that, really? No, he, he knows, he knows. And let's be open and honest about it. Revealing your feeling is the beginning of healing. We have to be open, organic, 100% pure about this. And the, the, the last thing that, that I want to say, because a lot of us, is, you know, I, I don't know who I am any, anymore. The last thing that I want to tell you before we go deeper over the next several weeks on hypocrisy, you know what Jesus does? He asks for the masks. Just, just give him the masks. He took care of the masks. He took care of the hippie necklace. Jesus took care of it. And here's what he does that's so awesome. Because he died on the cross for our sins and rose again, he doesn't give us a mask. When he asks for the mask and we give him the masks, the Bible says he clothes us, he envelops us in righteousness. So we can walk in holiness, in righteousness, in authenticity. Is there a hippie necklace in the house? Is there a hippie necklace in the house? Take those necklaces off. Take the masks off. Live by who God says you are. And he'll take you places you never dreamed possible. Our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. God, you're so good to us. We thank you for your word that 2,000 years ago is still relevant. I pray, God, that we would get serious about authenticity, about giving you the masks, about consistency, about our walk, coalescing with our talk. It's my prayer if there's someone here and you've never, ever, ever asked Jesus to envelop your life, that you would make that decision right now and just simply say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again. And at this time, just say this, I ask you to take control of my life. 
If you said that prayer, that's the greatest step. The greatest step you'll ever take. And we thank you for that. We ask these things in Christ's name. Thank you for listening, and thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional. We also encourage you to share the message today with those around you. Thank you again for listening. God bless. God bless.